0: Strike means come Woo woo! Small Doses. Yes. Self help from the hip. Small Doses. Yes. We're talking that shit. Small Doses. And yes. keeping it real. Small Doses. With yes. yes. me and Ms. It seals. It's so funky. So funky. and Welcome to the 2020 finale episode of Small Doses. Self help from the hip. Oh my gosh, ah, how do you even sum up what has been an incredibly life-changing year for so many reasons? I mean, this year has really shown us so much about ourselves, about our world, about our consciousness, and for many of us, it. in reality, by the way, it's just a year. Like It doesn't mean that anything is going to change um, between the stroke of midnight, but for we like to encapsulate things within these 365 days and it gives us a, a a benchmark and a sense of, you know, culmination and climax, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to go along with that too here at Small Doses. And uh, last year, we ended out the year with things we're leaving in the decade because 2019, we we're going into 2020. We're going to step into a new space. Well, feeling, seeing that 2020 feels like it was a decade long, we're back at it again with things that we're leaving in 2020 and things that we're also keeping because it is important that we also keep a a positive mind state about all this. You know what I'm saying? So here it is, our keep and dump list of 2020 for small doses. And we've got so many things to keep and dump that we have decided to break this into two episodes. So come back next week for part two and see how this all wraps up. Here it is, your Small Doses 2020 Keep and Dump list. Number one, we are keeping a raised racial awareness. Now, in June, we saw the nation and the world um, really like go up in flames and really say for the first time in my lifetime, cohesively, that they weren't going to stand, that we weren't going to stand for racism. And I know a lot of people have been speaking about racism and speaking against racism, myself included, but this was the first time where it felt like it really had went out beyond this, like, you know, kind of group of knowing people and extended to now people who had, for what, it, for what it's worth, had spent a lot of time pretending to act like they didn't see what was going on. This, of course, is on the heels of Ahmaud Arbery's murder, George Floyd's murder, you know, of, of Shorty in the Park in, in uh, New York acting a motherfucking fool, Amy Coleman. And it really was um, a wild time when we saw what happened in Minneapolis uh, at, you know, folks really taking to the streets and taking it to the police station. And there have been a number of individuals that have continued to unfortunately lose their lives to police violence since then. But we are seeing a different consciousness around how racism relates specifically to police brutality. But I think what we've also seen is companies and businesses have to like Act like they see it too. Now, I know a lot of us, myself included, uh, we're like, look at these companies and their bullshit ass messaging. Because you'd have companies that would be like, we understand what's going on and we want we want you to know that we stand with you. And the truth is that just putting out those messages isn't really standing with you. It's really gonna be about changing policy in terms of hiring practices, in terms of payment practices, in terms of ethos, etc. And so we wanna keep... This awareness and consciousness going past 2020 so that we see a real change, not just a momentary shift. And that, you know, this is not just a buzzworthy thing to do, but it's actually the conscious and the compassionate and the ethical thing to do. We want to dump putting all the resources into police and not into communities. Now we've been hearing the phrase defund the police now get coined during the the summer. And it's been, you know, continuing to grow and thrive. And even though Joe Biden, you know, recently was overheard uh, what was secretly taped while speaking to um, civil rights leaders and was saying that, you know, we, we, we just need to, He was like, I don't like the term defund the police because the the Republicans have basically been beating us over the head and kicking us in the gut with that all year. And really, we need to just hold them accountable. Well, actually, we need to do both. And defunding the police is simply about taking money out of police departments as a solution and putting money into communities as a solution with the thought process that if we give better resources to our communities, then we will have less crime. This This is basic basic math. math. And so we want to dump this idea that better communities happen with more policing and change that to the idea that better communities happen with better communities. (laughs) Ah So when we talk about defunding the police, we're dumping funding the police and making them the center of our communities. That's got to go. That concept is old. It's archaic. And you have people who say things like, well, you know, we don't understand how that concept could ever make sense. You know, guess what? There are people who also didn't understand how slavery could not happen. They were like, that's crazy. How could we not have slavery? Guess, guess what? what? We got slavery. There are people who are like, how do you expect women to vote? That's crazy. That could never happen. That's ridiculous. And here we are. Kamala Harris is about to be the first female vice president. So we want to dump that. What do we want to keep? We want to keep an inc- this increased awareness of mental health. Now, I don't know about y'all, but in this whole COVID-19 of it all, people have been in the house, in the house, losing their mother-effing minds. And some of that is, you know, kind of in jest, but in real ways, some of it isn't. You know, there's been an uptick in suicides, domestic violence, etc. cetera. People are cooped up from the quarantine and beyond. Also just the stress of you know, work-related things and, and you know, the reality of not being able to work in the way that people were doing before. And then there's also the stress of the fact that there is a pandemic and the agoraphobia that forms around that and the, the fear and the anxiety. So mental health has really taken like the forefront of what's going on beyond the physical ramifications of COVID. And with that, I'm seeing a raised awareness in people saying like, yo, we need to be Be conscious about about our mental health. health. Now, we have done a number of episodes around mental health. And I mean, small doses is, is for what it's worth really about our self care and our wellness, but seeing that extend to just other spaces. Like I see Taraji P. Henson started a foundation, you know, Charlamagne is always talking about different spaces for mental health and, you know, we're seeing the conversation about mental health extend from beyond just like, oh, mental health is for crazy people, which is what it used to be. And now we're seeing how the conversation has switched to recognizing that mental health is an integral part to the elevation and the empowering of our communities and of ourselves. Now, I know this dog and these bales on the door, they are fucking with my mental health right now because it's it's really, come here, come here. Jordy has been on one, y'all, for the past three days. I don't know what's going on in terms of his, like, hypeness, but he is beyond the scope of comprehension. And I'm really just trying to keep it together. But really what I think it is, is he needs more walks. That's what I think it is. That's what his mental health is. He needs more walks. But it was cold as shit this morning. Come Come here. Come here. here. So, I'm so happy to see y'all seeing therapists. I see folks got therapists. Folks talking about therapists like they were talking about their cars, remember? Folks used to be really flossing like, yo, I got a Lamborghini and some ice. And now I want to hear rappers being like, I got, I got a, a dentist, dentist and a therapist. therapist. That's the other thing, yo. This is a side note. Folks, it's really about these dentists these days. I ain't never seen folks flossing dental work. Uh, oh, look that's what I said. That's flossing that's dental work. work. pun yeah. intended. <laughs> I ain't never seen folks flossing dental work like they floss their Maseratis. And I don't know if that's just Migos or what, but I saw a mixtape the other day called Shout Out to My Dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really glad to see that folks is focusing on the fact that, like, you know, you gotta handle these by cuspids and whatnot. You hear yeah. me? But back to the mental health. That's why we've been advertising talkspace on here. There's also other places called like Be Healthy and you know, <laughs> even just the 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 different ways that we're talking to each other now. And we're making a concerted, a more concerted effort, I feel, at least in my circles, we're making a more concerted effort to understand just the importance of making space for each other mentally not just physically so we're gonna keep that from 2020 what else are we gonna dump from 2020 we're gonna dump fucking pseudo oppression about masks yeah those are folks that definitely need therapy the folks who are out here pretending like they are just so oppressed, oh, whoa, it's me, because they're being expected to wear masks to prevent the further advancement of COVID-19. I don't even understand the concept. Actually, I do. I do. It's really just good old-fashioned self-centeredness and selfishness. They want to say this about that they don't believe that there's there's a virus, that there's a hoax. I mean, how can you not believe it at this point? Listen, I was one of those people In the beginning, I was like, this is a hoax. This is bullshit. And then the facts came through. And see, the thing about when the facts come through is that you got to recognize the facts because the facts are what they are, the The facts. facts. And to me, a good sign of someone who is not mentally sound is someone who is ignoring the facts for the sake of preserving your own delusionment. And I just feel like there is a whole legion of particularly white folks in America who want to create this delusionment of their oppression and now are using this necessity to wear masks as a reason for why they are oppressed. You're not oppressed. It's not like this is only specifically being asked of you. It's not like it's being based on your whiteness or based on your class or based on your status. No, No. anybody is supposed to be wearing masks. So you're forming this oppression based on nothing. It literally makes no sense to me. And it's scary to me that people are really trying so hard to feel oppressed. It's like, how boring is your fucking life? You know how many things you could be doing instead of feeling oppressed? You could be masturbating. You could be listening to Stevie Wonder. You could be playing with your dog. You could be doing a rewatch of Gilmore Girls. You could be learning the choreography from the dance sequence and She's All That. Like, there's just such a multitude of things. But instead, no, no. you want to be out with Jim Bob and his, and his cousin slash brother and, and, and wearing camouflage at the state capitol building with guns. But I guess, you know, when you know you're not going to get arrested, that's just, <laughs> that's,
1: that's just, just a, a Sunday, Sunday
0: afternoon. <laughs> 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 Next on the keep it list. We're going to keep Smart Bunny and Black virtual. Let me tell y'all. When this pandemic began, what was planned was a Smart Bunny and Black festival at the Kennedy Center. It was going to be 3 days long. It was going to have a podcast room. It was going to have live performances. It was going to be bonkers and bananas. And then, as this thing started coming to take really take root, I realized, oh, that's not going to happen. And if I'm being completely honest with myself, like I was going to make it happen and I was going to pull it off, but there was a piece of me in the back of my head that was just like, I don't know if this is the right time. And then, sure enough, the world said, "Correct, it is not—at least not in this iteration." So fast forward, and by say, and when I say fast forward, I mean like two weeks later. I really found myself trying to figure out, okay, how can we make Smart Funny in Black a virtual show? And a lot of people, when COVID hit and it really like took hold, a lot of people really um, became paralyzed and were in stasis. And that didn't hit me until later. In the beginning, in the quarantine, I was actually still very sound. Like I was in Orlando. Like I think from being outside of LA, it kind of like gave me a little le- a little leverage of like still feeling like I'm in kind of a vacation mode and not feeling the full effects of the quarantine and the lockdown. And so my brain was still just like moving on its own creative vibration. And I came up with like how we could do Smart Funny in Black as a virtual show. And to my surprise, it has been incredibly successful and we were able to really knock it out the park and take this to something that was previously just you know a show that we would take on tour to cities and turn it into a global experience. And my agent has said to me that he feels Smart Funny and Black's virtual show is the best show that he has seen in the virtual space. And I'm going to tell you what makes Smart Funny and Black the virtual show such a unique show. It's that as we designed it and devised it, I made a conscious effort to figure out how do we create the Smart Funny and Black virtual show versus how do we mimic the Smart, Funny, and Black live show in a virtual space? And it's important to know the difference because you simply cannot mimic live in a virtual space. Why? Why? Because there's something about that analog exchange of energy that simply cannot be mimicked by a digitization. It's why I say we still got to call each other. It's why I say like, We still, I mean, of course, you know, COVID makes it hard, but like seeing someone in person is just a different thing. It's just different. You know, you can't make up for that exchange of energy. Now there is another one, another thing on this list later that I'll talk about that does relate to this, but for what it's worth, I still say as a performer, at the very least as a performer, you can't make up for that energy exchange. It's, it's, And I know this because when we do Smart Funny and Black, the virtual show, it is so great to be able to share this show and this concept with the world and with you all. But I got to tell you, as a performer, it's incredibly draining because I'm not getting the energy back that I'm giving. And I'm so accustomed to that. When I'm on stage with y'all, like, I mean, when we did Smart Funny and Black at the Apollo during our, you know, the vibrations tour, it was, I mean, at one point I was levitating. I'm not even shitting you the amount of energy that was being exerted on this high vibration of love and of learning and intellectualism and of empowerment and all being put towards everybody in the same direction. It was, it was just, it was a revival. It was mind boggling. You can't recreate that on a zoom or on Hopin, or on StreamYard, not in the same way. And maybe there is a version, and we're going to continue to see development around that as we continue to be in this space. But for what it's worth, I want to shout out everybody who was involved in the development of Smart, Funny, and Black, our virtual show, because we are going to continue. We've taken a break as I went through some personal things. And I had surgery on my vocal cords, et cetera, but we'll be back. I'm hoping to do a Smart Funny and Black uh, virtual show in February around Black love and it's Black History Month, et cetera. So we are definitely like not, not done. done. So for those of y'all who missed our Smart Funny and Black shows, make sure that you keep an eye out because for what it's, for what I've been told... In this current state of us being a part and not being able to have community in the same way and, you know, folks just having to really try and figure it out, it has been a safe space of excitement and enjoyment and empowerment that they haven't been able to find anywhere else. And I am honored to be able to bring that to you all through Smart Funny and Black. And just to keep Smart, Funny, and Black going, which I think is imperative. And I want to make sure that I do that. And I've been really trying to figure out ways in which to do that in this new world we're in. Because I think a lot of people, you know, are, are kind of stuck thinking like, well, they're going to put their stuff on pause for when shit gets real again or gets normal again. And I got to tell you, even when we come out of this, the world will have shifted. It's like on Downton Abbey. You know, there was a whole war. And after the war... Yeah, people weren't going to war anymore, but the whole world had changed. And they had to rethink how they operated at the Downton Abbey. What are they going to, are they going to sell the Abbey? Who's the one go going to an Abbey? Why should we even keep an Abbey? All of these were real questions because the world had changed. Whereas before, they weren't asking themselves that. They were like, our Abbey is popping. It's down, So everybody want to be down. And that's how I hope y'all still feel about Smart, Funny, and Black, even when we come out of this mayhem. Because the plan is that when we come out of this mayhem, we're smarter, we're funnier, and we're Blacker. What do we want to dump? I'm ready for us to dump the current virtual teaching system. Now, yes, my Funny and in Black found a way to use the virtual space to really like still bring enlightening information and, and entertainment and edutainment to folks, but the virtual teaching system that I feel like is really going on in this country is just not practical for the ways in which people are having access to Wi-Fi and to computers, et cetera. I mean, you look at other countries and they have a TV channel that everyone can access with a TV and it just makes it a much greater access point. Like you don't have to have a certain level of, commun- of computer and a certain level of Wi-Fi to be able to get your education. And I feel like there's so many children that are missing out right now on you know, continuing their learning because they don't have the technology that's available or that's necessary to keep up with their virtual learning. I think one of the key things we have to do right now too is start training teachers in the specificities of virtual learning. I'm sure that's happening, but I just need to say it because this isn't going to just end and sending kids back to school prematurely is not the answer. So I, you know, I want to see us dump the system that we have in place of virtual learning right now where I'm seeing kids in bed. Like there has to be an etiquette and expectation on how like not only the teaching is done but also how the learning is done in, in the home and we need to see parents also like being empowered to be able to enforce that and you know we're gonna have to see job shifts change right like for all intents and purposes people with kids like they need to be able to work differently if they're now having to church if their children are now gonna have to be virtually at home learning so their hours are gonna have to shift They're gonna have to be able to work differently and the team and the job all needs to be able to shift in support of that. My company has done that and I know we're a small business, so it's not to say that like it's easier for everybody, but the reality is it's just about making an active effort to do so. So we need to dump, in my my mind, the current virtual teaching system and understand that we're gonna still be in this for a while longer and so we need to come up with a better one. Next keep eating healthy because of my vocal cord surgery. Now, let me tell y'all. I had vocal cord surgery in September. And when I first went to my doctor, I hadn't seen him since March. And he was livid. He looked at my vocal cords and was like, what the fuck is going on here? He scared the shit out of me. I cried in the office. Turns out he was trying to scare the shit out of me. Well, it was effective because uh, later that day, I went home and became vegan that day. <laughs> like, literally was like, unseen, and, and I'm really glad that I did because it was imperative that I do so to help my acid reflux, but also to just help my body. And I would see, you just see these like 50-year-old women who are like, snatch to the gods. And you're like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And they'll usually tell you a few basic things. They're like, I work out. I love myself. And- I'm vegan. And I would see that shit and I'd be like, oh, I could do the working out shit. And I love myself, but God damn it, this vegan shit is going to, it's going to kill me. It's going to kill me. And I am happy to report that it has actually not killed me, but it has actually made me stronger. And even though it's made me skinnier, I'm now getting to get my muscle weight up. And I, I have had to get a food service to do it because it was like getting to be just too difficult to do on my own. But just eating healthier in general has been necessary because listen, the COVID of it all, we're just in the house. And so like, you're not working out like you used to, you're not walking like you used to just on a regular basis. So eating healthier, it becomes like a necessity for not only just, um, you know, just not only our, our personal weight desires, but also it does affect our immune system. You know, what you're eating and what you have in your body, it does affect the strength of your immune system and it does affect all other ways your organs are operating. So, I know for me, I may have been pushed into this healthy shit. I mean, I tell you, pushed. pushed. But I'm glad cuz I wouldn't have done it by myself and I'm I'm keeping it up. I'm keeping it up. I ain't going to lie to you though. I, I do eat you. meat on weekends. But at that Let's dump white people playing black animated characters. Yeah, that came out in the middle of all this blackness, racial mo- may- mayhem and movement that was necessary this year. Some truths and teas came out. And the truth of the matter is that this has been going on much longer than I think any of us really expected. Cause it feels like common sense. Well. It ain't common, particularly in Hollywood. So there were a number of shows that revealed that they have black characters that are being played by white people, and it's just dis- I mean, it's it's just so disconcerting to me, and it's unconscionable to me that even that nobody really even saw this as a problem. And I'm looking at the actors too because I'm like, so you thought it was okay for you to come in here and stereotype. And I know some people will say like, yeah, but it's animated. So it's not the same thing. You know what? Once upon a time when we're in a world that has a racial equality, go for it. However, However, we're not in that world right now so we still have incredible inequities in the job market and and in representation and there's no reason why with all of these out of work black voiceover actors we have white folks who aren't any more famous playing these roles now i can even argue with you if you say like yeah but this is a name and so that's why we hired her but i'm sorry jenny Slade ain't enough of a name for you to think that she makes sense to play the voice of a character on big mouth and the character on big mouth that she played they're like well she's mixed so we thought it was okay and i'm just like yeah i don't believe so then you had i want to say and correct me if i'm wrong but i want to say that it's a black character it's like the cleveland show am Am i right? right yeah the cleveland show is being played by a white man the lead character is a black man whose name is cleveland listen Listen here here. and if we're talking about the city of cleveland there's enough niggas there that could handle it for them to feel like they need to have this random white man and i just know that he's walking around with all this money and all these opportunities because he's playing a voice of somebody that he hasn't that whose experience he has never even had so it's not even like a valid acting choice Because I can't imagine that he's bringing anything to that role that is unique other than that's just simply inexperienced. So it's just one of these things where, you know, unfortunately it's taken the darkness to bring things to light. Yeah, I just need everybody to cut the shit and let's really be honest and aware with ourselves and the reality that like when you do things like that, you're not... Just making a mistake You're making a choice And that choice is to simply just be Unethical and Oblivious Because it's inconvenient for you Make it convenient To get conscious Last keep Of the episode I want us To keep Mandalorian. Yes! Oh, my God. Mandalorian has brought me so much joy. Baby Yoda has really just taken off and just elevated. Just elevated, you know? I know Mandalorian came out last year, but we just got a season two. And it lets us know that it's still going. It's still joke. It's still valuable. And it's still... (sighs) It's still just a spark of joy in my day. Like I look around and my man has bought me various Baby Yoda things. So I have like a Baby Yoda eye point like in every room in my house. And it just brings me so much joy to see Baby Yoda. Hello, Baby Yoda. Hello. Well, his name is Frogo now. Now, now we know his name, name is Frogo. Frogo. So hello, Frogo. Hello, Frogo. Yes. yes. Mandalorian, for those who don't know, is a, is a spin off. Of the Star Wars movies that was actually created by John Favreau. John Favreau, director of hits like Swingers and Maid, and also Iron Man, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the first two are my faves. And he really like created this whole show, Mandalorian, around this bounty cut this bounty killer. And this bounty killer, bounty hunter, finds uh this uh, um, well, he gets he he doesn't find like he wasn't like looking through the woods for truffles and then comes across a baby Yoda. But he ends up saddled with this little baby Yoda. And for those of y'all who've ever seen Star Wars or anything about Star Wars, you know what Yoda looks like. So just imagine a baby version of that. Mad cute, yo. Mad cute. He's got baby version Yoda, baby powers. And then you got Mandalorian over here, who is played by Pedro Pascal, by By the the way. way. And Pedro Pascal is a beast who we also know from Game of Thrones. And um I'm I'm nerding out right now. So if you if this is the show if this is the part of the show where you're like, oh my god, what the fuck is she talking about? Just bear with me and let me nerd out right now, okay? Let me nerd out. And What I love about Mandalorian also is that Boba Fett, intergalactic bounty hunter as well, has now came back into the picture. And I love that they have a wildly diverse cast. You got Ming-Na Wen in there. You got Brothers in there. You got all different types of vibes in there. And now I'm seeing the writing get better. And they also have a diverse directing staff. So what they did was they have different people directing. So you've got like Taika Waititi, who is the hilarious mind behind um, directing Thor Ragnarok and also also, what we do in the shadows which by the way is a hilarious show it's kind of like the office but about vampires and it's on fx you can watch it on hulu it is perfection and he was also behind um come on i know rebecca say it he was a part of that show with the two guys on on on, on hbo the two new zealand guys on hbo oh oh flight of the concords there was he, it is. He worked, i didn't realize he worked on that show Yes, he was a part of that. Pro- he was a part of that whole project as well, and um, so he's one of the directors. Then you got Rick Fumiyawa. Now, Rick Fumiyawa directed Dope. He also directed uh, Best Man. He also directed Brown Sugar. And so, and then they've got women. They've got women who are directing. They've got new time directors. They've got so it's just. It's just like there's levels to this that make it dope beyond just what's happening on the screen. And that is something I also want to keep. The fact that they know that it's beyond what you see on the screen. What's happening behind the lens is also important as we look at equality and bringing in different experiences and different perspectives. And it just opens up the work and just expands it. And that's I can't I, I I'm I know that that is what's making Mandalorian even that much better this season than it was last season. So we're keeping it, and we are dumping COVID. Yes, can we leave it alone? Get it out of here. Be gone! I banished the Mantua. COVID nineteen has just been. Oh, the COVID fuckery. So many things, so many lives, so many hopes, so much has been just disturbed and dismantled because of COVID-19. And the the reality is that it's bigger than us. And I just, I just, I, I wish we could say that we could just dump COVID-19, but The truth of the matter is we have to dump a a consciousness and lack thereof around it. That's what's going to make it die. It's that there's so many people who still just don't take it seriously. Even the folks that aren't over here pretending to be oppressed about masks, they're just lazy. They're lax. I will tell you that I myself had to check myself about, like, you need to still stay on your wipes. You need to still keep making sure that you're not touching your face when you are in a store. You need to, like, all of these things need to still be on your hyper-consciousness because you get lax. And in the beginning of all of this, a lot of us had a little, a lot more fear. And now we're getting, you know, kind of more comfortable. People are still, people are going to strip clubs, y'all. How you got a strip club? There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world to handle COVID in the strip club. Shit. Shit. So that money is not only dirty because it got pussy juice on it, but it's dirty now because it got phlegm on it. I can't take it. I can't. I want to see the end of this sooner than later. You look in other places and it's not doing what it is in America. You know why? Because the people stopped playing games. They did. And even Grenada, like Grenada like is like, people don't necessarily care much about like the authority of the government or whatever, but they were like, yeah, we got it, we get it. And the biggest threat to Grenada has been tourists coming in and bringing that shit with them, but they've got a handle on it now and Grenada does not have COVID cases. And so you get to still see children in schools. If you go on my Instagram, you can see the kids caroling around the different villages and singing and still getting to share in the holiday cheer. I want us to do that in America. I want us to 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 really like make it our business and our priority to just come together as an American community to put a stop to this and to dump that. And um, until that happens, like... We won't be able to dump COVID. The last dose. So that's it for part one of our Keep It or Dump It 2020. I, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to put out an APB to my Instagram followers so you all can tell me some of the things you want to keep and dump for 2020. But at the end of the day, we gotta keep each other going, we gotta keep the vibes going, and we gotta keep our consciousness high. Because when the stroke of midnight comes on January 1st, it does not mean that things are gonna magically change. There's no Cinderella moment that's gonna happen. It's gonna be about us continuing to change with the times and taking agency and knowing that the times can change based on us and not the reverse. I'ma see y'all next episode. Till then. Keep it popping. Keep it strong. Keep it safe. Make sure to check out sfbsociety.com. And make sure to check out other episodes of small doses that we did over the course of this year, because we've been killing it. (laughs) If I do say so myself. A podcast network.